submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 62 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about 9-11 and the pandemic. My dad, Rob Skiba, on 9-11 and the birth of Christ, the future without elections, AI getting creepier and creepier, tax GPT, physical money not welcome, targeting political opponents, Mexican cartel hacks immigration app, young thugs, goat sacrifice, and celebrity spirit cooking, and what is FEMA doing in Maui? An all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we'll be doing a deep dive into the American Medical Association. Means and much more, so subscribe and stay tuned. So as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. What have you been up to this week? Oh, nothing much. We, uh... We just got back home from Missouri this past weekend from uh, our time out there going to the Bertaria Times Festival. And uh, just lately, man, I've been praying a lot for my little brother. Uh, I posted something on Facebook uh, kind of telling his story, but he's been suffering from seizures lately. And uh, he's kind of at, at risk for, uh, you know, pretty much dying from his seizures because it's not responding to medication and stuff so just asking all of our Skiba News Nation family to say some prayers for my little brother Caleb uh, and, and that's kind of what's been on my mind this week but 
with that said, man, other than that, my family's been great. We've been just chilling. It's great to be back in the studio. I apologize for last week having such a rough, you know, frame there and the audio wasn't as good as I'd hoped, but we're back to normal now. So how are you doing? Man, my week was pretty interesting, I, I must say. So I, I actually have a couple clips that I wanted to play for you and show you kind of how my week went. So this first clip, I discovered that my parents' dog, Heidi, was a rhythmic genius. So check this out. That was so cool, man. <laughs> so me and oh, Heidi, me and Heidi are coming to a city near you. So stay tuned for that. I also discovered that in the clearance section of Walmart, this Dwayne The Rock Johnson Black Adam action figure said some pretty strange stuff. So check this out. This Dwayne The Rock Johnson thing, when you push his button, he says, Give me an Oprah money from OE, please. We need your money. Give me an Oprah money from OE. We need your money. And there's that. <laughs> and then oh, man. my last thing that I tried to do this week was I tried to decipher what our alleged president of the United States was talking about. So check this out. My brother loves having there's famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one of them is there's, there's a movie about John Wayne. He's an Indian scout. And they're trying to get the, I think it was the Apache, one of the great tribes of America, back on the reservation. And he's standing with the Union, so he's, they're all on, they're, and they're on their horses and their saddles. And there's three or four Indians in headdresses and the Union soldiers. And the Union soldiers basically saying, the Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you, we'll be everything will be good. And the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soldier and says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming, but not anymore. All of a sudden, they're all realizing it's a problem. And there's nothing like seeing the light. Oh, my. My butt's been wet. Uh, I guess his butt wasn't wiped that day. Anyways. That's how my week was, but I know you got uh, some great current news to dive into. Yeah, we do. Sweet, man. Let's let's do it. So I know we're airing this later in the week, but we just passed through another anniversary of 9-11. Excuse me. Wow, BS. No. <laughs> uh, so, of course, uh, as 9-11 rolls around, my mom happens to send me a message and she's like, hey, have you seen the new documentary that's out on Hulu? Uh, it breaks down 9-11, one day in America. And, I, uh, I saw that. About the... I watched yeah, that. You did? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big propaganda piece. I ex exactly. And there's, it's just... This topic of 9-11 and the deceptions that are around this conspiracy that really set a lot of our modern age of conspiracy, it set the bar high for our modern age of conspiracies, uh, is, is one that if, if you can't 
see past the official narrative uh, than all these other deceptions, you're far more likely to fall for. It, I mean, it's almost impossible to convince somebody of a modern-day conspiracy if they're still buying the official narrative of 9-11. And with that said, we spoke about this briefly with our interview with L.A. Marzulli, an interesting connection and a theory I had uh, where an ancient cyclical pattern of uh, 18 and a half years that the ancients built into their architecture uh, is being followed by the powers that be if the events of 9-11 and perhaps uh, the COVID pandemic were planned events, there's a pattern we can recognize because it was exactly 18 and a half years later between 9-11 and COVID-19. Uh, but anyways, I wanted to share a quick clip of that from our interview with L.A. Marzulli. Yeah, so the, it really does show that these people in ancient architecture really had some kind of influence from spiritual entities. Helping them Me understand too. these cycles to base their architecture off of. Um, We're just and, wearing our uniforms. Wow, that's just amazing. I, I mean, for the sake the of time, I'm going to... Jeremiah had some questions, but I was just going to say the whole reason I asked that interesting tie to the metatonic cycle and how it's an 18 and a half year cycle and, and you, what you're sharing about how it shows there's a supernatural influence happening in the past is it shows also, I think today there's a connection between current events because for example uh if you look up the number of days between say september 11th 2001 and when covid pandemic was announced as a global pandemic uh it was exactly 18 and a half years and so the point i'm trying to get at is the 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 you know rulers of this world who set up the global stage uh, they seem to be following some of these same ancient patterns that we see in this ancient uh, architecture. So it's a really interesting uh, topic. So I, I wanted to share that because it's really, I almost couldn't tell if we had transitioned back to the real world, like real time, because we were wearing the same outfits. Yeah, we still are. Oh, man, that's fun. Our, our you know, it's it's our uh, uniforms. Our uniforms. So what I was get, <laughs> uh, what I was getting at here is, you know, this topic is society has become so fake that the truth actually bothers people, and we can look back at events like 9/11 and some of the deceptions that are very plainly evident with the official narrative of that, and how it justified endless wars in the Middle East and and going over there for pharmaceutical pursuits and for oil and whatever uh it, it's really interesting that if you can crack the egg with some of these deceptions that happened 20 plus years ago you can help crack the deceptions that are happening today uh, and if you do study history you're doomed to watch helplessly as everyone else repeats it uh you know that that famous saying you know those who don't know their history are fit are doomed to repeat their history yep. uh but unfortunately only a few of us look into the past and see where there have been these false flag events that uh have been used for agendas throughout history and 9-11 is no different um me trying to figure out how to explain a psyop like COVID 19 to someone who still believes the official version of 9-11 <laughs> oh you know <laughs> Uh, and, you know, of course, the, 
you know, the thing that really clicked to me about the narrative being false, just look into, for a short period of time, if you are, like, scratching your head, what's the point, why do we even need to care about 9-11 anymore, look into World Trade Center Building 7. I turned yep. myself into ashes for no important reason, right? Uh, Jeremiah was even uh, joking about making a shirt. Uh, you want to mm-hmm. tell him about your Epstein-like WT7 shirt you, idea you had? Well, <clears throat> maybe we can put a picture of it, you know, while we're editing. But it's a it's a photo of it says never forget, and then it has 9/11. But in the background, you see, and it says Bush did. So never forget Bush did 9/11, and it has Bush in the background. <laughs> Is that the one that you're talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was I was referring to the. I think we were talking about one where it's World Trade Center Building Seven didn't kill itself. Oh, like Epstein didn't kill itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty Building... sure you came up with that one too. Yeah, I come up with some pretty good ones, I guess. No, just kidding. Yeah. Check out our shop. Well, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys go check that out um, if you if you're interested. And you know, we're we're passed through. 9-11 this previous weekend of course uh but um and one one more quick meme here before we get to this video of rob skiba's that he made years ago uh talking about you know some interesting history to 9-11 but i thought this one was funny uh donald trump you know never forget his building is now the tallest in lower manhattan you know yes <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny because uh in the interviews about uh, 9-11 Trump was like yeah before my building was the second tallest but now I've got the tallest baby oh yeah <laughs> well he was the first oh, uh, presidential candidate to actually question the narrative and a lot of people yeah. demonized him for that I remember that to Jeb Bush himself he said you're, you, the buildings fell under your brother's reign and that was probably one of the craziest things about the 2016 debates I was like whoa yeah, I mean, for people to bring it out in the open is pretty amazing. But with that said, we're not going to get too deep into the conspiratorial aspect of it. If you guys want to, for sure, check out our interview with L.A. Marzulli. We get into a whole host of different topics, but that's where I shared that theory about the pattern that the Illuminati or whoever, you know, the, the Bohemian Grove, WHO, uh, WEF, uh, you know, W N W O, like all the three-letter name organization people NWA. plan these type of events. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, uh, let's check out this clip uh, that your dad put out years ago. How 9/11 could have been the possible birth date of Christ uh, 2,000 years ago, and it's a very interesting theory. And I know a lot of our audience may not be familiar with this, uh, so let's check out this clip. Are we seeing a plan, an end time plan being played out that our country was specifically designed to be the agency to bring it about? I began to wonder about that. So I started putting together a timeline of events. Now I didn't go very far back. I'm sure I could have gone a lot further back than I did. I just went back to an interesting date, September 11th, 1990, when Daddy Bush announced his plan for a new world order. And it just so happened a few years to the day, you know, we had another event that happened in between that. We have in 1999, Zahi Hawass discovers the tomb of Osiris. And then we have September 11th, 2001, when Junior Bush just so happened to be in office. And one of the greatest tragedies our nation has had took place 
And I believe without a doubt it was an inside job. And it, here it is 15 years later. If you still haven't figured that out yet, please, you know, dig yourself out of the sand, you know, pull your head out of wherever it may be, uh, and do some research. Okay, seriously. It's time we realize what really happened on that day. But why, why 9-11? Why, why is it that specific day? Well, I showed you Revelation 9-11. That's a pretty good indicator. But I'm going to suggest there may be another one why that is a target date. And it relates to the birth of our Savior. I believe our Savior was born on September 11th. I believe he was born, and I know this is, people have different views on this. Some say the Feast of Tabernacles. I've heard all the arguments. Mark Biltz makes a really good case for that. Um, But I believe that he was born in the Feast of Trumpets, mainly because of this verse right here. This verse is a stellar alignment in Revelation chapter 12, 1 through 5. And uh, it talks about a a woman arrayed with the sun, the the moon at her feet, and, and the stars at her head and all that. This exact alignment happened on September 11th, 3 B.C. And to explain that a little bit more, I got a little clip here from Dr. Michael Heiser talking about this. The signs and symbols that are used in Revelation 12 are well-known astronomical symbols. Here's a superimposed picture over it. Now we have Scorpio and Libra, the scales, but in the ancient times, this was one known as the dragon. Uh, You have a very small window of time where all of these things can be present at the same time where everything is accounted for. But the sun was clothing the woman, the king star, king planet in Leo, the sign for the tribe of Judah. All of these things did occur in a year that fits well for Jesus' birth, and that is 3 B.C. The real sort of interesting thing about 3 B.C.s is since this concatenation of signs uh, can only occur in an 80-minute window. We know exactly uh, the date of the birth of the Messiah in 3 B.C., and that date is September 11th. You can confirm this for yourself. There's a software called Stellarium. You can download for free, stellarium.org, I believe, is the website. And uh, the interesting thing about the software, though, because the whole year, there's no year zero scenario, uh, the way they reckon 3 B.C. is negative 2 in the software. So if you, and if you really want to get technical with it, you can set your, lo- your viewing location in the software. So set your viewing location to uh, Babylon. So that's where I believe the Magi were when they saw the, the sign. Uh, so set your location to Babylon. Ba- I, I would suggest you back this, the uh, date off to about August 28th, negative 2. August 28th, negative 2. And then there's, a, there's an option for you to step forward so you can watch each day's advancement happen. And you'll see a really amazing dance of the stars that takes place that leads up to that alignment all coming together in perfect harmony for 80 minutes, which I believe was a time period that Mary was probably in labor giving birth, for 80 minutes on September 11th, 3 BC. It's extraordinary. Uh, but the moon at her feet is the giveaway. The moon at her feet is a new moon, which rules out tabernacles. Tabernacles is a, is a full moon. So, um, and the other problem is a lot of people, one of the anecdotal references for tabernacles is, well, he came and tabernacled among us and all that. Well, that wouldn't work either because when a male is born, the woman has, there's a seven days of uncleanliness where they have to be isolated in their time of uncleanness, you know, and all that. And then, of course, on the eighth day, he circumcised. Well, he couldn't have been tabernacling among us because he would have been away with Mary in her time of seven days of uncleanness. 
The other problem is that that's one of three feasts where the males all commanded by God to be in Jerusalem. Not a good way for the sinless lamb to enter the world in violation of the commandment with both his stepfather, Joseph, and him not in Jerusalem during that time because they're in Bethlehem. So, you know, just reading Revelation chapter 12 and looking at Stellarium, that was a slam dunk for me. And then seeing the phase of the moon, where, you know, what, what phase of the moon is, I'm like, and, and that works out better because if he's born in trumpets, uh, which is also known as the day that kings were coronated, coronated. So, you know, and I believe that the earthly feasts represent things that take place in heaven. So while heavenly trumpets are going off, earthly trumpets are going off as the true king of kings and lord of lords is being born on the day that kings are being coronated. Uh, and then you have the period of seven days, then you have his eighth day circumcision, you have day of atonement, and then everything's good to go, let's go to Jerusalem, and then they were able to legitimately tabernacle among everybody for the Peace of Tabernacles. So that's... that's uh, this first appeared in scholarly journals uh, in 1976. I can't remember the guy's name, it was Dr. Ernest somebody, uh, but that information was out there a long time ago. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah, it... It, I guess it's been around for a while, but it's only recently kind of resurfaced of course, yeah. at about the same time as everybody suddenly started paying attention to the feasts anyway. It used to be, ah, oh, that's the Feast of the Jews. You know, but now, you know, a lot of Christians are realizing, hey, that stuff's for us too, and uh, people are getting more intentional about uh, uh, checking that stuff out. So if that's true, then, you know, we have a big problem with the, among other problems, with the December 25th deal. Because <laughs> you know, I believe he's coming back on his birthday. Well, yeah, it's, you know, the Jeremiah 10 and all that. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, but the, the feasts, they are moedim in Hebrew. That, that means appointed times. That we are supposed to mikra. In Hebrew, mikra, that means rehearse. They, they are times that we're supposed to rehearse. Well, I've been in theater since 1986. Why do we rehearse? We rehearse to get it right. <laughs> so that when the curtain opens and it's the main event, we all know our lines, we know, know our marks, and the play goes out the way it's supposed to. Well, if this is the divine script, and Yahuwah is the author of this divine script, then the main character is Yeshua, and he knows his lines perfectly, and he hits his mark every time, and he does so on the Moedim, on the appointed times. So we know that he came, he died on Passover, right? He was buried on unleavened bread. I personally believe he rose on Shabbat, just before the end of Shabbat. Uh, whatever the case may be, we have uh, the first fruits right after that, and then the Holy Spirit comes down on Pentecost, so he hit all the marks perfectly in his first coming. So it stands to reason he's going to hit the remaining marks perfectly as well. So we should be practicing if you believe we're in the last days. <laughs> and if you want to celebrate his birth, nothing wrong with that. No, no command in scripture to do so. But, I mean, it's a good thing. He came into the world. That's awesome. Let's rejoice. Cool. Let's do it on the day he was actually born. <laughs> now, if you want to do it on the actual physical calendar date, that's tomorrow. <laughs> on our current calendar. I understand the issues of the calendar. I'll go crazy uh, but with our current <laughs> Gregorian pagan calendar that we're using, I'm going to be saying happy birthday, Jesus, tomorrow on Facebook just to get everybody riled up. <laughs> uh, while preparing to celebrate during Feast of Trumpets, which, of course, on the Gregorian calendar slides, you know, uh, on the Gregorian calendar. But what a strategic thing for the enemy to do. Get us all to celebrate Christ the King Oh, by the way, Christ is a generic word. Cyrus, pagan Cyrus king, is a, was a messiah. It just means anointed one. Anointed one. Somebody's anointed. There are a lot of Christs, right? So when we're singing happy birthday to Christ the king, born this day on December 25th, I'm raising my hand going, wait, who are we talking about here? 
we're talking about an anointed king, but we're not talking about Yeshua, the son of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So who are we singing to on December 25th then with a big phallic symbol in our living room? That's what it is. And we have them set up in our churches. And we point to Jeremiah chapter 10, and the people say, that's talking about idolatry. Well, hello? It says, the people go out to the field, cut down a tree, stand it upright, and deck it with silver and gold. <laughs> they cut a tree, bring it home, deck it with silver and gold, and then bow down before it to lay presents, and then bow down before it to receive presents. Sure looks like idolatry to me, setting up as a centerpiece in your living room. And this is coming from a guy who loved Christmas. One of my favorite things to do is to lay under the Christmas tree and watch the lights dancing on the ceiling, smelling the pine. I love that stuff. Wow. But can you imagine singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year Now on September 11th? In this country? Ah, strategic, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty crazy. Ah, strategic, how they just so happened to have this event happen on 9-11. Well, uh, you know, it was so life-changing to so many people hearing some of Rob's research uh, regarding the feast days and the Ephraim awakening. And we're entering into the time of tabernacles uh, coming up this month. In just a few weeks, Sierra and I are going to be heading out to celebrate uh, part of tabernacles in... Uh, Missouri, and we're going to be coming back here to Kentucky to celebrate part of it with my family. Uh, but it's the time of the year that uh, really it's uh, it's all about coming out of Babylon, you know. And I think that's really what's the most interesting to me about this uh, cyclical pattern of events, where we have people kind of blinded to the history, and uh, and. And it reminds me of this statement. Everything faded into the mist. The past was erased. The erasure was forgotten. The lie became truth. And when it comes to 9-11 and, and the deceptions that surround that inside job, we see the same pattern happening, for example, with COVID-19 and, the, and all the uh, narrative surrounding the mandates, uh, how the rollout of being masked first and then business closure and school closure and then eventually v mandates uh was pushed on mankind so that it was a open contract that if somebody voluntarily participated they suffered the consequences whether it was participating in a uh, medical experiment uh that was perpetrated on millions of people that caused adverse effects on their health or it was just having small mom-and-pop businesses go out of uh, operation because they were squished out of existence by heavy mandates and and uh, churches that closed their doors because they gave in to uh, certain personage limits and you know whenever history looks back at this time the internet and the AI scrubbed narrative that we're all being prepped for is going to tell a very different story than that of which the people who lived through it remember. And it's the same situation with what happened in 9-11. There was a narrative, there was all these things that justified uh, the war in the Middle East and the war against terror, but whenever you really look into it, our own government allegedly uh, perpetrated uh, this 
false flag event. Just look at World Trade Center Building 7. Look at the crazy things like where it was said that uh, people found passports uh, at the bottom of the World <laughs> Trade Centers dictating who actually perpetrated the great evil and yet it, the jet fuel melted steel beams enough to destroy these uh, buildings in free fall fashion and, and all of this has many there are many many documentaries out there loose change is yeah, there, one that there are too uh, many coincidences for it to not be something more you know yep so uh with that said uh the reason i want to start with this next topic is because it's tied to what the world trade center actually was which was a financial hub for trading and money around the world and uh now let's check out this next clip which is the world economic forum and a future without elections and how these people that are influencing the future of money have a plan for the future of the world check this out so technology now is and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power now we go into a predictive power and we have seen the first examples and your company very much involved into it but since the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict and afterwards you can say why do we need elections because we know what the result will be can you imagine such a world? Yeah, I, can you imagine such a world? Well, we have a lot of interesting uh, clips for you guys this week uh, tied to how AI is going to actually be utilized for controlling uh, our IRS tax returns. But first, let's watch this quick video on how creepy AI is. Black Mirror is becoming a reality. The latest paper, the one that happened even after this, which is already better, uses stable diffusion, uses the thing that you use to make art. Like, what should a thing that you use to make art have anything to do with reading your brain? But of course it goes further. So in this one, they said, can they understand um, the inner monologue, the things you're saying to yourself in your own mind? Mind you, by the way, when you dream, your dream, like your visual cortex runs in reverse, so your dreams are no longer safe. Um, but we'll try this. So they had people watch a video and just narrate what was going on in the video in their mind. So there's a woman, she's hit in the back, she falls over. This is what the computer reconstructed the person thinking. See a girl, looks just like me, get hit in the back, and then she is knocked off. So our thoughts, like, are starting to be decoded. Yeah. Just think about what this means for authoritarian states, for instance. Or if you want to generate images that maximally activate your pleasure sensor, anything else. Okay, but let's keep going, right? To really get the sense of the combinatorics of this. How about, can we go from Wi-Fi radio signals, you know, sort of like the Wi-Fi routers in your house, they're bouncing off radio signals that work sort of like sonar. Can you go from that to where human beings are to images? So what they did is they had, um, you know, a camera looking at a space with people in it. Um, that's sort of like coming in from one eye. The other eye is the radio signals, so sonar from the uh, Wi-Fi router. And they just learn to predict, like, 
this is where the human beings are. Then they took away the camera. So all the AI had was the language of radio signals bouncing around a room. And this is what they're able to reconstruct. Real-time 3D pose estimation, right? So suddenly AI has turned every Wi-Fi router into a camera that can work in the dark, specially tuned for tracking living beings. So these tech companies can turn our routers into cameras now. Imagine the personal data they're gonna be selling now. They've probably been doing this and we're just finding out. You ever think of something or someone in that ad or person pops up on your phone? All I'm saying is maybe it's not such a coincidence as we think. Yeah, maybe it's not so much of a coincidence as AI technology is advancing to this state. However, I will say, isn't it interesting that that's the dark future of AI, but this is the current use of AI uh, by organizations like the IRS. Check this next clip out. The IRS has just put out a major statement to the entire country warning Americans that moving forward, the agency will now be using AI to crack down on tax-related enforcement, meaning that as fun as it was to pay taxes and then have some federal bureaucrat decide whether you need to be audited or not, well, moving forward, it'll actually be decided by an AI machine, sort of like a tax GPT. Specifically, the commissioner of the IRS, Mr. Danny Werfel, he said this as a part of a statement released just last Friday. Quote, there is a sea change taking place at the IRS in every aspect of our operations. The changes will be driven with the help of improved technology, as well as artificial intelligence that will help IRS compliance teams better detect tax cheating, identify emerging compliance threats, and improve case selection tools to avoid burdening taxpayers with needless no-change audits. Now, this move towards AI, it requires a little bit of background to shift towards AI-based tax compliance. It comes as a direct result of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that was signed into law by Joe Biden last August. Included in that particular law was around $80 billion that was earmarked to expand the IRS's budget over the next 10 years. Now, after the debt ceiling negotiations earlier this year between Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy, that $80 billion was pared down to $60 billion. Essentially, Congress was able to effectively claw back $10 billion per year for the years 2024 and 2025. But that, of course, still leaves a cool $60 billion for the IRS to play with. And while many people assumed that this would fund a small army of IRS enforcement agents, which still might be the case, but it now appears that a large chunk of this money is actually being funneled into ramping up the use of technology to collect taxes. In fact, the IRS, they released this document right here back in April, wherein they essentially outline what they're going to be doing with the money that's coming to them from the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. That document, by the way, was a cool 150 pages long. And in it, they reference the fact that a significant chunk of the money that's being pumped into the IRS is going to be used to give it a technological facelift, or as they refer to it as, quote, cutting edge technology, data, and analytics to operate effectively. Now, in this very lengthy plan of theirs, the IRS focused mostly on the customer service aspects of this technology boost. Things like introducing chatbots, different online portals, as well as automated responses to commonly asked questions. However, this plan of theirs, it also explicitly says that the IRS expects the technology-driven enforcement to boost tax collection as well as government revenue. And so again, back in April, this was released as just a plan. But now, well, we're starting to see the execution of this plan come to fruition. According to the IRS, 
they will now begin to use AI tools to crack down on American taxpayers. Specifically, according to IRS estimates, Americans pay around 85% of the total taxes that they owe, with the difference between what is owed and what is actually paid known as the tax gap. And in terms of how much money is represented by this tax gap, well, according to IRS estimates, between the years of 2014 and 2016, the annual tax gap was around $496 billion. That's $496 billion per year, which for your reference is equivalent to around 50,000 tanks that we could be sending over to Ukraine every single year, if only people would pay their taxes. And so in order to get this money, to fund these Ukrainian tanks as well as everything else, well, the IRS is now stepping up and beginning to deploy these artificial intelligence tools in order to find the people who aren't paying their taxes. And in order to do this effectively, besides using your tax forms, your 1099s and so on, well, the IRS will use three main sources of taxpayer data to pull from and to feed into their AI tool. The first is your previous tax returns in order to establish patterns. The second is publicly available data. And so for instance, if you happen to be in a music band, they can scan your social media accounts to see how many concerts you play at every single year and compare the number of concerts to the stated income on your tax returns to see whether they line up. And thirdly, the IRS can purchase third-party data about you from different data brokers out there. As an example of what that looks like in practice, back in the year 2020, quote, a government contract with the company Chainalysis is described, perhaps clumsily, as a contract for pilot IRS cryptocurrency tracing. This type of contract gives the IRS information related to otherwise untraceable income sources so that agents can detect on the reporting. And so using your tax forms, your previous tax returns, your publicly available data, as well as the private data that they're able to purchase about you from third-party data brokers, the IRS can feed all this information into their AI tool and make a prediction as to whether you are skimming on your taxes and whether an audit is necessary. But if you think all this sounds rather dystopian, well, fear not, because in their statement, the IRS made a special point to mention that these new AI bots will only be used to target the very wealthy. Quote, the new enforcement thrust is set to focus on higher earning Americans and big corporations, with the IRS pledging not to increase auto rates for people earning less than $400,000 per year. As part of the new enforcement crackdown, the tax agency said that it would prioritize cases involving taxpayers earning over $1 million, but with recognized tax debt of more than $250,000, which all sounds well and good, like it doesn't really apply to you, until you remember the fact that back in the year 1913, when personal income taxes first began in this country, well, it was only the very wealthy that were taxed at a tax rate of about 1%. And then you fast forward 100 years, and now everyone pays taxes at a rate of about 25%. And so when the IRS says that they've spent millions of dollars developing an AI tool to help audit Americans, but don't worry because they're only going to be auditing the wealthy Americans, well, perhaps you should consider remaining extremely skeptical of that. Regardless, the IRS also mentioned in the statement that they released last Friday that the deployment of these AI tools has already helped them to, quote, identify 1,600 or so millionaires who owe hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes, as well as helping the agency to flag and open investigations into 75 of the largest partnerships in the United States, each with over $10 billion in assets on average. But this push towards AI gets a lot deeper. So the gears of the system appear to already be turning. Furthermore, besides this new tax GPT tool, the IRS is also using the additional money that's allocated to them through the so-called Inflation Reduction Act to bolster their ranks and get more actual boots on the ground. 
quote, while the IRS's new enforcement plan makes no mention of additional staffing, the $60 billion in extra funding has already bolstered the IRS's ranks substantially, with hiring up around 13% over the past year, hitting a decade high of nearly 90,000 employees. The IRS has said earlier it plans to hire 20,000 people over the next two years, with around one-third of them earmarked for tax enforcement. Meaning, in practical terms, that in the coming years, once we file our taxes, the federal government's AI tools, who go through our numbers, will have sufficient boots on the ground if they find that we're not in compliance. Very cool. All right, what do you think about that, Jeremiah? We, we have several aspects of AI that I just covered. The creepy ability for it to read your brain, the use case that the IRS is making for AI to crack down on people. Uh, but w what are your thoughts on some of these things? Man, I said since day one that these deep fakes and the AI and all of it was gonna, it's gonna backfire on humanity. That's what, that's what I genuinely believe if we don't put a stop to it. I don't even know if there is any turning back at this point because you know, people like Elon Musk say that there is no going back now. So that's what I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, coming from a biblical perspective, we know the scripture warns of a time where there'll be a mark of the beast, where everyone is required to, you know, have a, a, a mark and they, they're going to have to buy or sell with that mark or go without. And so whenever it comes to things like this next video and the way that AI is being impl implemented to enforce uh, these new kind of uh, drastic measures, I guess you could say, uh, it, you start to see a perspective of the world that uh, you didn't think was that close, but is actually not too far away. So let's check out this next clip, which is where in, uh, I believe it is in uh, the UK, physical money is not welcomed at an Aldi's. Check this out. Tracked and apt to buy anything. I'm gonna buy some strawberries and I'm offering exactly the right amount of money here on the help desk. So you people take that money, pound ninety, and I will take my strawberries outside. You can't take that. 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 I pay by legal tender. No, no, no. Don't break the door. Do not break the door. I pay by legal tender and I am going out with my strawberries. And I'm going to let them. I'm going to eat my strawberries. I pay by legal tender in this dystopian place. So you got you have that guy standing up for his rights, you know. I paid by legal tender in this dystopian place. Well, I mean, imagine a world where AI is used to crack down on people that have views that the government doesn't agree with or come after people that, you know, it's just or shut down the ability for people to spend and buy. Uh, to the extent where we see this here in the United States, for example. I mean, you could definitely see it playing out in the near future, but it's crazy to see that we've come to this point, you know. So with that said, let's check out this next video, which uh, is on another topic. But the interesting connection when uh, bad news happens for Joe Biden, generally following the next day, uh, some type of a indictment or, you know, cover story is dropped. So check out this video. 
But I can't help but notice the calendar here. Every one of these indictments that's come down, or the superseding indictments from Jack Smith, has always followed tr very bad news for Joe Biden. Whether it is the bribery allegation contained in the FBI's FD-1023 form, the next day the Mar-a-Lago indictments dropped. Or perhaps it's the collapse of the plea deal for Hunter Biden in that courtroom. The next day the superseding indictment is dropped. And then this week we get Devin Archer's testimony about Hunter Biden and the Biden family's finances. The next day you get the January 6th case. It's always the next day. And I think people look at that and go, well, that can't be a coincidence. Isn't that interesting? It always seems to be the next day. I, I mean, it, you keep up with this sometimes more than I do, but isn't it crazy how the political machine always seems to back up Biden and, and do a cover for him? Yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, they, they've been doing it since he's been in office. I mean, it's always something. They'll find a way to, to get the attention something. off of them. So this is just their next, their next big thing is try to indict Trump, try to do this, try to do that. It's nothing new i guess yep i'd say so well uh let's check out this next video that's all about uh targeted political opponents remember when president biden said this about his predecessor we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um by uh if we uh, if he does run uh, making sure he uh under legitimate efforts of uh, our constitution does not become the next president again. Really? Was he saying the quiet part out loud? Wow. Well, sure, really, the national depression. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, back on the topic of our the state of our country, check out this next clip, which is a immigration app that's being hacked by the cartel to get anybody into our country as it is. Check this out. Right now, for the first time in modern history, more people are showing up at the ports of entry than running through some bush in Yuma, Arizona. And the reason they're showing up at the ports of entry is because you've got the turnstile open, where so long as they've gone and downloaded this app, you just let them in. Like, this app that you've got everybody downloading is like the Disney fast pass into the country, never to be subject to actual removal, just removal proceedings, as you call them. And the sad thing is it's not just us here, it's the cartels who get the joke too. And so now you've sent the message to the cartels and then you've taken this app and you've digitized illegal immigration and you've scaled it to the moon. Isn't that right? Congressman, that is false. So the Washington Examiner has this new report and it is jaw-dropping. Here's what they have to say. The Mexican government is allowing any immigrant who enters the country from Guatemala to continue traveling to the United States border if they have obtained an appointment on the U.S. government's CBP-1 phone app. However, Mexican cartels have hacked the app's security and found a way to request unlimited appointments for anyone in the world far beyond the app's northern Mexico Geofence. That's right. Apparently, cartels are selling this service to the migrants through a VPN, a virtual uh, private network, uh, that is able to override the server. And so now they have hacked the federal government app so that they can bring as many people in as they possibly can. So cartels are using the Biden administration's now legal pathways to make money. And Chad Wolf says that this is just further evidence that the Biden administration does not understand the burden or the lengths or depths the cartels will go to make money. I got one final question for you. And it's an important one. Is Mexico an ally in this fight against illegal immigration? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, man. So 
now even immigration is being turned into an app, which is just, you know, it's crazy to think about. Uh, what do you think about that, Jeremiah? I think we need an app, you know? Everybody has an app now, so. I'd say so, man. I mean, I'm down with getting a Skiba News Nation app. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's some other news stories real quick. Uh, interesting website here, aaro.mil is an all-domain anomaly resolution office, uh, which is an interesting website for UAP, uh, unidentified anomalous phenomena, to be called out. And it's a source of detections, and, uh, and this is where uh, apparently the U.S. government UAP-related program activity reporting website will be located. It's a congressionally directed historical record report uh, so that people can, I guess, report UAP uh, activity and such. Um, so that's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, in other news, we have another news. We have eight catastrophic floods have recently uh, devastated uh, the world in only 11 days. Um, so there was floods in Libya. There were floods uh, all over the place, um, Brazil, southern parts of Brazil. We have floods in, it looks like, um, southwestern U.S. We have Hong Kong, southern China. Uh, just very interesting that all of a sudden we have all these catastrophic floods happening across the world. Um, now, of course, last week we covered the muddy pit that was Burning Man. But it's not flooding on this level, uh, which is disastrous. Um, pe so people uh, wading out of these disaster zones uh, while all the rich people out at Burning Man were, you know, stranded for a few days. Well, let's just be happy you still have a, you know, a home to go back to, let's say it that way. Um, here's an interesting one I saw. The CIA tried to pay off an analyst to bury findings that the COVID lab leak was likely, according to a whistleblower. So the CIA was trying to pay off people that were going to say that it's likely that there was a lab leak when it comes to COVID-19. Interesting, interesting. All right. So uh, in uh, this next clip I want to share with you guys, uh, it is... Young thugs' lawyers pushing to keep a goat sacrifice ritual out of a RICO trial. Check this clip out, and it's tied to the next video we'll watch about uh, celeb spirit cooking and the just the satanic nature of our celebrity uh, cult. A bizarre request from Young Thugs' defense amidst the rapper's ongoing jury selection petitioning the court to exclude evidence of a ritualistic sacrifice in his RICO trial. The theory behind killing animals is you're draining their energy, their power and to use for mystical purposes. According to newly filed court documents, defense attorneys for Young Thug, whose real name is Jeffrey Williams, have motioned to <laughs> exclude evidence stemming from his co-defendant's arrest. According to the documents, during Shannon Stilwell's March 2022 arrest, officials found a, quote, religious ceremony which involved the supposed sacrifice of goats.
Prosecutors say Stillwell, known as SB, and Young Thug were part of a gang referred to as Young Slime Life, Young Stoner Life, or simply YSL. Last year, Fulton County, Georgia officials indicted nearly 30 people involved in the gang, alleging conspiracy to violate the Racketeer Influenced and Corruption Act, or RICO. Multiple defendants are also indicted on several counts of murder, and Young Thug faces one count of participation in criminal street gang. Jury selection for the eight gang members began in January in what's set to be the longest criminal trial in the county's history. Now, Young Thug's defense team says showing evidence of this alleged goat sacrifice has no, quote, benefit or probative value and could create prejudice in jurors. For more information about this alleged sacrifice, Long Crime Network spoke to Stephen Hassan, a licensed mental health counselor and founder and director of the Freedom of Mind Resource Center. I got interested in this crazy field of culture. You were uh, recently talking about the man who sold his soul at the crossroads. You want to mention that, Jeremiah? Yeah, Robert Johnson. I'm going to do a history on him at some point, but Robert Johnson allegedly sold his soul to the devil, and he was the first uh, documented member of the 27 Club, which I know too much about for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's all the documentaries I watch about the 27 Club. <laughs> when I was 27, a couple of years ago, I thought I was going to die. Like, it was, it was scary. I was like, oh, stay alive, stay alive. And then once I hit 28, I was like, I'm good. I'm in the clear. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, the 27 Club is, is a kind of interesting topic. Uh, it's like, why did all these people die at this particular age, you know? Are they being sacrificed? Um, but, uh, yeah, of being sacrificed. I mean, their their contract with the devil run, ran up or whatever, you know? <laughs> um so uh, whenever it comes to this interesting topic of, you know, how the people that obviously run the world and those who entertain them are involved with very dark satanic practices and beliefs. So check out this next clip about spirit celeb spirit cooking. These people are full of the devil. These people can't even be reasoned with. These are not people that you can talk to and they already have given their soul to the devil. Are you with me? These people go through seances. These people drink blood. These people sacrifice children. Somebody said they don't do that. They sacrifice children at the highest levels in Hollywood. They drink blood of young kids. This is a fact. That's why the next thing to be exposed will be all the pedophilia that's going to come out of Hollywood and come out of Washington, D.C. The human sacrifice and the cannibalism has been going on for years. Somebody said, oh, they don't do that. It's worse than what you think. You remember when the whole spirit cooking thing came out? That's commonplace, ladies and gentlemen. And many of the Hollywood actors that you go see on a screen, what you don't know, they bring a witch. They do a big seance right there on the set, and they worship devils, and they allow devils to come into them before they take the part of what they're going to act. It's a fact what I'm telling you. So, <laughs> I mean, the culture of those who have lots of money lots of fame seems to be participating in these dark satanic rituals i don't know to draw energy off of it or to hype themselves up uh but it's pretty crazy and some of the celebs that actually have been accused of this spirit cooking stuff and participating in this culture uh are actually some of the ones that uh invested heavily in maui recently uh and <laughs> whose properties were preserved and protected 
while many people lost everything. And there's this recent video I saw, since we have been covering this Maui story uh, for several weeks now, of how Lahaina is completely blocked off to any media coverage or anybody wishing to investigate further of what actually happened. So check out this clip. I shot a drone video over the whole area so that you could have pictures of your home and you could share it with your insurance company. I drove my GoPro on my motorcycle so you'd have images of that area for your insurance claims and also for a future litigation because now you can't get in there. Now it's a war zone. Now it's like checkpoints and Checkpoint Charlie and guards and FBI and ATF and Army. These people have not been able to go back to their homes to get the contents of their safe. And I've heard rumors about who is rummaging through that. Again, I'm not here to spread rumors, but I'm just telling you. To not allow homeowners to go in to get their stuff is weird. To not allow press to go in there to get their stuff doesn't make sense. To not allow citizens like me to pull over on the side of the road and take pictures and videos from afar of what's going on. I can't fly my drone over there and watch the hillside for future strikes causing fires or looking down and seeing what FEMA's doing. To block everybody out is against our constitutional rights. Yeah. It, why are they ha offering such a cover-up in this situation? Uh, why do they not want the alternative perspective being shared? Because uh, we've already heard some video testimony from people who've actually lived there, and it makes you wonder, what's the big cover-up, right? Yep. Well, uh, this reminds me of another PSYOP-type event, which was the January 6th riots. Well... Recent news, uh, the InfoWars host Owen Schroyer just got two months behind bars uh, because of the Capitol riot case. Uh, so apparently he was there talking about election fraud and, and whatnot, and, uh, and now it seems like uh, he got the book thrown at him, right? But it makes me wonder, you know, these people, are they being forced into plea deals, first of all, so that they can get off with a lighter slap on the wrist uh but are they feeding into an agenda to silence uh misinformation or malinformation because these people are being labeled as conspiracy theorists these people are being labeled as those who said that there could have been election fraud and that the election was stolen from trump and just because he was there urging people on you know at during the march uh, you know, he was chanting near the top of the building steps at the Capitol building. Um, he's been thrown into jail for two months, uh, pleaded guilty. Uh, but it makes me wonder, is there a day in the future where anybody, anybody at all who has a narrative that contradicts the mainstream will be thrown into jail in a similar 1984 uh, truth silencing fashion uh, and while he might you know have incited some rioters while he might have pled guilty so he technically is asking to go to prison and not defending himself and his right to stand up for his you know freedom of speech uh, it, it is interesting the day and age we live in and uh, I just wanted to share that story um, so Here's a uh, one last quick video, which was really funny. Uh, it's somebody asking uh, some liberals on the street, is it okay to transition? Think it's okay to transition children? Yeah. To Christianity? No. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Can we play that one more time? Are you still got that up, Opa? That's hilarious. Think it's okay to transition children? Yeah. To Christianity? No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Oh, man. Uh, here's this. Uh, Trans children are like the new Gucci handbag status symbol for lonely upper middle class wine mommies needing attention. Fact checked <laughs> true. Fact checked as true, he says. Uh, just going to run through last couple little news clippings here. Um, tomorrow, Thursday, September 14th, as of recording this episode, uh, NASA is going to be releasing uh, some uap findings um it's about a thir uh the, the agency will publish the team's full report online and nasa defines UAP uaps as observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or no no natural phenomena from a scientific perspective so heads up thursday the 14th nasa is going to be dropping some of their uap you know hobo jubbo um <laughs> As promised, I'm going to do a live breakdown of the NASA UFO report. Uh, top line, just got to admit, there's nothing particularly revelatory. But there were some words from the NASA administrator, Bill Nelson, about what the report found. Let's take a listen. And the top takeaway from the study is that there is a lot more to learn. The NASA independent study team did not find any evidence that UAP have an extraterrestrial origin. But... We don't know what these UAP are. Okay, so no evidence, as usual, the line, no evidence of extraterrestrials, but we also don't really know what UAP, otherwise known as UFO, are. Let's go ahead and put the report up there on the screen. I'll just give a very short breakdown for everybody that has it. Effectively, what you can see in front of you is that the NASA report is not really finding of anything. It's just an independent steam report, study team report about how to further gather more data. So the report is about 40 pages long. We've gone through the entire thing here. It effectively has multiple different recommendations about how to use the, the space program and the satellites and other things that are available to NASA in order to gather as much data as possible about potential UAPs. They talk about the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning as it applies to the vast amount of data that NASA collects. And some of the bigger things that came out of the press conference from Bill Nelson as well was that they were having a dedicated administrator to a, a dedicated administrator for the UAP phenomenon in-house. So overall, no finding. It's more of an intention to study UAP, and the the actual report is about setting up the procedures and the ways that we would go about collecting said data about it. They did mention a couple of the uh, infamous like UAP sightings. They talk about the go fast video where they imply um, at the bottom actually of the report that they claim that the object may not be moving as fast as it appears according to some analysis that's far too complicated for me to get into you can go and read it yourself they talk also about the Mosul orb about how it does remain unidentified and then a previous uh, uh, object that had been spotted which they say that they believe was a commercial airliner so look overall you know, I guess there's progress you know we've got reports We've got coming out. We're going to gather more data, and we'll see what we find. But that's basically all we've got. Some fake news. And uh, also, here's an interesting one. 
Science news. Uh, scientists successfully genetically engineer invasive female fruit flies to reproduce without males. So uh, if they can do it in flies, you can guarantee they're trying to figure out how to do it with humans. Uh, genetically modified uh, asexual creatures. Um, and, uh, and our last uh, point here that I wanted to make for the topic of AI uh, was here's a picture of Joe Biden meeting a Nephilim. <laughs> right? And if you look closely, back in the early days of AI-generated artwork, you can figure out some of the things that mean it's an AI-generated piece of art. It's always which the hands. Which is AI is traditionally very bad at hands for some reason. I mean, why is that? I don't know. But apparently AI is terrible. And at faces. The faces are just slightly off. And uh, we're entering into an age where, of course, AI is getting over these little hurdles in the road to where they'll be able to start creating generated images that don't have these issues. But uh, it, it was it was interesting that these were the areas that uh, seemed to give it the most trouble. And it makes me wonder why. What is it that's so unique about the face and about the hands that uh, enters AI artwork of humans into the uncanny valley? Perhaps it's because... Uh, Mankind has, you know, the uniqueness of the hand of God on our creation. The, the fingerprint being one of those very unique things that sets all people apart from each other. And the face as well. You know, there's something about the face AI just couldn't get in these early days of AI art generation. And uh, it is truly, it's truly interesting. It really is. Well, I so, did ask, I asked AI to make me a, uh, the Zodiac killer based on the sketches. Can you create me like a real rendering of the face? And it did. And it was really creepy. I'm just going to throw that out there, but I'll have to share it with you later. It's pretty eerie. Yeah, please do. All right, Jeremiah, that's all the news for this week. All right. Thanks Jake for another great current news as always. Now a quick promo for my mom's book, the protocol that kills. King's Gate Media and Skiba News Nation present an exhaustive expose on government. The new amazing book, The Emotional and Disturbing True Story. Sheila Skiba. Following Rob Skiba's death, his widow, Sheila, and co-authors spent countless hours analyzing 40 days of recorded conversations, the transcripts of which appear in the book. This is an extremely well-written first-hand account of the horrors Sheila Skiba endured for the 40 days her husband was held captive in the hospital. It was hard to read and relive since I vividly remember when this was happening to this precious man. But I believe every person needs to know what was going on during the insanity of the pandemic. Sheila Skiba, The Protocol That Kills a True Crime Story. This book shares a wealth of critical insights that will greatly aid in preventing future needless losses of life. Available on Amazon. Order now. Find more at theprotocolthatkills.com. Well, it's about that time for an all-new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. <laughs> The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, cat jokes. Parental guidance suggested.
drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. It's Old Boss Corner time, so let's get started. This is a visual story. A college student sends a letter to his folks back home. Dear Mom and Dad, School is really great. I am making lots of friends and studying very hard. My professors are also super cool. With all my stuff, I simply can't think of anything I need. So, if you would like, you can just send me a card, as I would love to hear from you. Miss you guys. Love your son. Dear son, I know that astronomy, economics, and oceanography are enough to keep even an honor student busy. Do not forget that the pursuit of knowledge is a noble task and you can never study enough. Love, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Bill was sitting in the waiting room of the hospital after his wife had gone into labor. The nurse walked out and said to the man sitting next to him, Congratulations, sir. You're the new father of twins. The man replied, Huh, how about that? I work for the Double Mint Chewing Gum Company. The man then followed the woman to his wife's room. About an hour later, the same nurse entered the waiting room and announced that Mr. Smith's wife just had triplets. Mr. Smith stood up and said, <laughs> How do you like that? I work for the 3M Company. The gentleman that was sitting next to Bill then got up and started to leave. Bill asked him why he was leaving and he responded, I need a breath of fresh air. I work for 7-Up. <laughs> a kung fu pupil asks his teacher, Master, why does my ability not improve? I'm always defeated. And the master, pensive and forever patient, answers, My dear pupil, have you seen the gulls flying by the setting sun and their wings seeming like flames? Yes, my master, I have. And a waterfall spilling mightily over the stones without taking anything out of its proper place? Yes, my master, I have witnessed it. And the moon, when it touches the calm water to reflect all of its enormous beauty? Yes, my master, I watch it every night. That is the problem. You keep watching all this stuff instead of training. <laughs> a child in the library walks up to the librarian and says, I'll have a cheeseburger and fries, please. 
the librarian responds, You do know you're in the library, right? The child answers, Oh, sorry. I'll have a cheeseburger and fries, please. <laughs> Three sons left home, went out on their own, and prospered. They discussed the gifts that they were able to give their elderly mother. The first said, I built a big house for our mother. The second said, I sent her a Mercedes with a driver. The third said, You remember how our mother enjoys reading the Bible? Now she can't see very well, so I sent her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took the elders in the church 12 years to teach him. Mama just has to name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot recites it. Soon thereafter, their mother sent out her letters of thanks. William, she said, the house you built is so huge. I live only in one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Arnold, she said, I'm too old to travel. I stay at home most of the time, so I rarely use the Mercedes. And that driver is so rude. He's a pain. David, she said, you were the only one who sent me a good gift. That chicken was delicious. <laughs> a man is lying in the hospital waiting to be the first person in history to receive a brain transplant. A doctor comes in and says, Congratulations! But unfortunately, since this is a new procedure, your insurance isn't going to cover it all. So we're going to give you three choices for brains, and you can decide which you can afford. Okay, what are they? Well, first there's engineer brain. That's $100 an ounce. Then there's astrophysicist brain. That'll cost you $200 an ounce. Finally, there's politician brain. That's the most expensive at $1,000 an ounce. The man looks at the doctor surprised. That's absurd. Why is the politician brain so expensive? Sir, do you have any idea how many politicians it takes to get an ounce of brain? <laughs> <laughs> Several men are in the locker room of a golf club. A cellular phone on the bench rings and a man engages the hands-free speaker function and begins to talk. Everyone else in the room stops to listen. Hello. Hi, honey. It's me. Are you at the club? Yes. I'm at the shops now and found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $2,000. Is it okay if I buy it? Sure. Go ahead if you like it that much. I also stopped by the Lexus dealership and saw the new models. I saw one I really liked. How much? $90,000. Oh, 
okay, but for that price, I want it with all the options. Great. Oh, and one more thing. I was talking to Janie and found out that the house I wanted last year is back on the market. They're asking $980,000 for it. Well, then go ahead and make an offer of $900,000. They'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra $80,000 if that's what you really want. Okay, I'll see you later. I love you so much. Bye. Love you too. The man hangs up. The other men in the locker room are staring at him in astonishment, mouths wide open. He turns and he asks, Anyone know whose phone this is? <laughs> and now for the funnies. <laughs> give the kid a couple of bucks to stop by once a week to delete my messages. <laughs> Oatmeal, raisin cookies. <laughs> they did a great job preserving him. <laughs> What's great about this mattress is you can set it to your own individual scratch number. <laughs> yep. Whoa! She totally does not look like her profile picture. Way to be a buzzkill, Reggie. Thunder. <laughs> Trains. Tickets. No, uh, info hub. Out of order. Okay. One more time. Go home and log on to our website from your computer. Create an account and purchase your ticket with your credit or debit card. Download the ticket to a smartphone. Then come back at the allocated time. Just what part of easier and more convenient don't you get? <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for joining me on my Zoom webinar, How to Manage Working from Home. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Dad. I don't think you even know what a hard drive is. I've driven cross-country with my wife and three kids and a dog. I know what a hard drive is. <laughs> I 
at Puppy High School. Every week, the puppies receive lessons in emotional manipulation. You place your chin on your owner's knees and look up at them with big, sad eyes. <laughs> yep. Max and Molly love to watch human videos. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's putting sticky tape on the couch, thinking it's going to stop his cat from scratching it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's adorable. <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> Face it, Schwinn. We're old. Pillage doesn't mean what it used to mean. <laughs> Suddenly, Dr. Morrissey's own creation, a hideous creature nine feet tall and bearing the heads of the Brady Bunch, turns against him. Watch it, Randy. She's on your case. <laughs> I'm up for running around the house and freaking out, but, but shouldn't we wait until... Hey, it's 3 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> you idiot! We want the scent on the pillow. On the pillow. <laughs> well, from across the hall, I could hear this heated argument followed by sounds of a scuffle. Suddenly, there was this tremendous blood-curdling Quack! That's when I called. <laughs> Carpenter ants. <laughs> I want to talk to my lawyer. I'm here. <laughs> Mouch, mouch. I could come right over there if I wanted to. <laughs> you threw up on the tile instead of the carpet. And you thought I forgot your birthday. <laughs> He says he's not running away. He's going off the grid. <laughs> be careful. It could be an online scam. 
You two got married without telling anyone? What did you expect? Their home's on the range. It's where the deer and the ant elope, Ray. <laughs> this is the first time you guys ever installed an above-ground pool? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to steal your identity. <laughs> Free motion, SPF zero. Can you believe this? Eternity on a beach. This place ain't so bad after all. <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton's cat. Forgotten hero. <laughs> Here's something you probably didn't know. Beethoven, who was from Germany, was actually a wiener dog. The history books left that part out. And that concludes another Opa's Corner. My hut, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Opa, thank you for another funny as always Opa's Corner. And uh, I hope you guys like my mustache before we started. <laughs> that was hilarious. So I thought, you know, in Opus Corner spirit, I'll put the mustache on. Try to tri <laughs> trip you up, Jake. Anyways, now a word from our good friend and sponsor, JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com, and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. JJ, you're the man, and uh, yeah, well, it's time for some mystery. So, Jake, what do you think of my deep dive helmet? 
That's what I call this. I love it. I think it's a great addition to the desk. Well, it's only when I do deep dives, so <laughs> it won't be there all the time. So let's doing take a, deep a dive. Let's let's do it, man. So what we're going to be doing this week for history is we're going to be talking about the story and the dark origin of the American Medical Association. The word is very hard to say. So the first clip we're going to be talking about the AMA because that's that's what it's like. A, what do you call that uh, acronym? Is that what a acronym? What about is that right, Opa? Sounds right to me. All right. Well, AMA is the acronym for American Medical Association. So we're going to be talking about the dark origins of the AMA and the American medical cartel. So check this first clip out. So you're a money hungry American doctor in the early 1840s, and you have a major problem. See, back then being a doctor was not a prestigious job like it is today. Back then being a doctor was considered a dirty job. You dealt with disease, germs, sick people. It wasn't the high status profession it is today. And on top of that back then, anyone could become a doctor. And because there were so many doctors, you barely made any money. Seriously, doctors back then were just as poor as the rest of the middle class. Doctors were making a far cry from the $350,000 the average physician makes today. As a doctor back then, you spent your days prescribing stuff like bloodletting, cocaine, mercury, and even lead to your sick patients. But with so many other doctors around you offering the same treatments as you, you had no choice but to keep pushing your prices down lower and lower. So even though you know your mercury and lead pills are way better than that doctor's over there, you were still not getting paid what you thought you deserved. So something had to be done. So you came up with a brilliant plan. If you could find a way to limit how many people could become doctors, if you could find a way to gatekeep your profession, to limit the amount of female doctors, poor doctors, and doctors without the right education, then you would solve the supply problem. And all your competition, all those other doctors would simply go away. While the demand for doctors would just keep on rising, and so will your prices. If you can control how many doctors enter the markets, you would have complete control over how much it costs to save someone's life. And all you have to do to make this dream into a reality was to find a way to make it look like what you were doing was in the best interest of the patients. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the American Medical Association was born. America's cartel over the doctor profession. Back in the 1800s, it was ridiculously easy to become a doctor. Any man from a middle-class family could decide that he wanted to become a doctor, then he would attend a couple lectures, he would then work with another doctor for a while to gain experience, and boom, he was ready to treat patients and prescribe powerful medicines. And if you were from a rich family and you wanted to treat the wealthy, well, maybe you would attend medical school for a few years. But even that was just mostly reading books and listening to lectures with zero practical experience. As a result, America became flooded with doctors by the mid-1800s. And for you, our ambitious doctor with big dreams, that was a problem. So you needed to find a way to massively reduce the number of doctors in America. Otherwise, there would always be someone who was willing to offer their treatment for cheaper than yours. So you got to thinking. See, back in the 1800s, anyone could create medicine and recommend treatments for common diseases. But not all of these treatments really made sense, like using leeches to suck out a patient's contaminated blood, or prescribing heroin as cough medication. So, what if you created a medical organization that would decide what medications and treatments worked and what didn't, while at the same time your organization would only give certain doctors the right to practice medicine? An organization like that could conveniently cut down the number of doctors in America. That way, all the official licensed doctors could come together and decide that yes, we will charge $20 for an amputation, $10 for mercury, and $2 for lead. So none of us undercut each other. If we had a cartel, I mean an association like this, none of us would ever have to worry about other doctors stealing our clients ever again. Because there would be plenty of patients to go around. And every single patient will have no choice but to suck it up and pay the price. 
It was the perfect solution to all your problems. And so in 1947, you founded the American Medical Association, or AMA, with the help of some of your like-minded doctors. Officially, the AMA's mission was to promote the art and science of medicine and the better treatment of public health. But you knew the truth. The AMA was your ticket to controlling the healthcare industry, and you wasted no time getting started. So Jake, I always thought it was strange that they would say doctors practice medicine and the art of practicing medicine. That's weird to me. Is that not weird? I mean, they're supposed to be professionals. We're supposed to rely on them with our lives, you know? But they're just Yeah, practicing. it sounds to me like the way somebody describes somebody who practices magic, you know? Or like, <laughs> like... practicing baseball, you know? Like, I'm or, just practicing. Yeah, so. It doesn't count, you know? That's what I've always just... I thought assumed you know like that's kind of weird weird wording right dr larry yeah, I mean, dr curly dr mo <laughs> yeah yeah i i think the proper acronym is we're gonna learn is amc the american medical cartel right that's what it should be yeah we should make sure it's to say that but isn't that some sketchy stuff i mean just with that first yeah. clip I mean, it makes sense how an industry is born when there's a lot of competing people and they're like well we want to make money so let's make sure you know, it's a limited amount of people who can come into this industry and then we can set our prices. And, and then you look at like you, the bill you get when you get out of the hospital and they oh like itemize everything. It's crazy. Yep. I mean, like the, if the love of money is the root of all evil, you definitely have some money lovers up in those hospitals. You know what I mean? Yeah. We know that for a fact in my family and, uh, I'm trying to keep it lighthearted because of the way that I feel about doctors because of you know, the book and everything and, and what happened yeah. to my dad. But it's hard to imagine that being a doctor back then was a dirty job. Like anybody could become a doctor. And so they had to regulate it, like you said, and, you know, make it impossible for, for people that wanted to help, help, you know, people that wanted to be a doctor. It, it made it harder for regular people to become doctors to actually save lives. And that's kind of what I got yeah. from that. But we're going to dive a little bit deeper. And we're going to be talking about the licensing scheme and one of the ways doctors started controlling the medical field. So check this out. Immediately after the AMA's creation, you sent your representatives to bribe, I mean lobby the government, to get them to pass strict medical licensing laws. Ah yes, now you needed an official license to practice medicine. And then you asked the government to set up medical examining boards. Now, if someone didn't attend medical school and pass their exams, they would not be able to work or call themselves a real doctor. Now you're probably thinking, but Jake, isn't this better than having literally anyone call themselves a doctor and treat patients? At least these new doctors were well-trained, which yes, hey, that Jake, is true. A lot of snake Jake oil too. doctors were cut out. But yeah. well-trained? That's debatable. Especially being that today, licensed trained medical doctors only spend an average of 11 hours learning about nutrition throughout their entire education. Isn't that crazy? Hours. Wow. And these people tell you what to eat. That's tragic. So well-trained? Again, that's a little debatable. What isn't debatable is that with the advent of the American Medical Association, you now had an iron grip on the industry and you took full advantage of that. With this new licensing scheme, the number of doctors did drop, but it still wasn't enough. See, the medical schools of the 1800s weren't exactly the same bright and shining centers of learning we know today. Getting in was way too easy, the lessons were way too simple, and even the exams were too easy to pass, which meant too many people were graduating. The bar was just set too low, so you went back to the drawing board and came up with an even better plan. 
reduce the number of medical schools in the country. To the public, you'd say you were doing it because these medical schools were a disgrace, that they were indescribably foul, and that they were the plague spot of the nation. But in reality, you knew the truth. If 100 medical schools meant that 5,000 doctors graduated every year, then 50 medical schools meant that only half that amount graduated every year. It was the perfect plan and you had just the right guy to make it happen. A man named Abraham Flexner. So 11 hours the whole time you're in medical school is spent on nutrition. How crazy is that? Yeah, I think that's tragic, man. I mean, you know that there's something nefarious to the, the means of treating illness with pharmacia versus mm -hmm. treating it with God-given herbs and plants that grow out of the earth. I mean, it all ties back to you can't monetize something very well when somebody can grow it for themselves. And like obesity is a great example of that, of today, how crazy it is, where they, they don't tell people that you need nutrition to, you know, be healthy. They encourage it almost. And, and, and they're like, hey, take this Ozempic thing. You know about Ozempic? No, Weird. I'm not familiar. It's this diabetic drug that was made for diabetics, but these Hollywood elites are taking it and it's supposed to be like a cure-all. I'll have to do an, another history on that. But yeah, it's just insane. And, you know, we're going to get more into this man named Abraham Flexner that did the Flexner report. So that's what this next clip is. So check this out. Abraham Flexner was not a doctor, but he was backed by the Carnegie Foundation. And apparently that was enough to make him an expert on what medical schools should and shouldn't look like. So in 1910, he published the Flexner Reports. And just like you had planned, Flexner recommended that dozens of substandard medical schools around the country be shut down immediately. So with the Flexner Report in hand, you sent your lobbyists back to the government. And within just a few years, 80% of America's medical schools were shut down. 80%. And by 1940, the ratio of doctors in America per 100,000 people fell from 175 doctors to just 125. Your plan had worked. Thanks to the Flexner Report, there were now fewer doctors than ever graduating from medical school. Quick side note, two years after the Flexner Report was published, Abraham Flexner went on to become a member of the General Education Board and served as the secretary for eight years. You remember the General Education Board, right? The organization created by John D. Rockefeller to turn the public school system into the terrible torture chamber it is today? Yeah, the same guy that completely altered the course of Western medicine was also involved in your conditioning, I mean schooling. We have another video on that story that you can watch right now by clicking the card on the top right corner. And this was just one way that the Flexner Report changed Western medicine forever, but we'll save that for a future video. Back to the American Medical Association, by the 1940s, fewer doctors than ever were graduating from medical school. But still, you weren't satisfied. You needed every one of these doctors to be part of the AMA to agree to your pricing to solidify your cartel. And so you had to take it one step further. So this man controlled the regulations and the rules of the medical industry and he was not a doctor. That's insane, I think. But in this next clip, we're going to be talking about how the American medical system started monopolizing the medical industry. So check this out. One of the most important steps in any medical student's journey is a medical residency. Basically, if four years of pre-med college and another four years of medical school doesn't weed them out, med students then need to spend at least three more years working in a hospital under the supervision of qualified doctors to finally get their medical license. Or in other words, you want to become a doctor? 
Great, that would cost you 10 to 14 years. And again, in those 14 years, you're only going to spend 11 hours of that learning about nutrition. So no residency, no medical license. And you want to know the convenient thing about medical residencies is that just like medical schools, there are only a few residencies available each year. That's because the salary of resident doctors are mostly funded by Congress, which means Congress gets to decide how many residencies American hospitals can accept every year. And between 1987 and 1997, the number of resident doctors in America grew by almost 21%, which was way too much in your eyes. More doctors means more competition and lower salaries, remember? So you sent your trusty lobbyists back to Capitol Hill. This time to get Congress to drop the number of residencies it would fund every year. Why? Because according to you, America was about to experience a doctor surplus. Oh no, that would be bad. There would be too many doctors and too few hospitals for them to work in. And Congress ate that up for some reason. So in 1997, Congress ordered the number of new residencies to be capped. And by 2007, the number of new residencies had only gone up by a measly 8%. And so from that moment on, your cartel was finally complete. You had finally successfully taken control of every single step in the road, from college student to resident doctor to official doctor. But there was still one loose end, your outside competition. I'm talking midwives, foreign doctors, or even worse, doctors that promoted blasphemy like alternative medicine. If your outside competition was allowed to treat patients, they would be an alternative you couldn't control, and your doctors would have to go back to competing on price and services. So you had to crush these alternatives for good. So, I mean, what do you think about that, Jake? Oh, man, it's so evil, like, how they took out any alternative medicine options pretty much from being popular or well-known, and, and now to the point where guys like the guy who invented the Gershom therapy has to go and treat people down in Mexico, despite the fact that he basically pure, cured cancer and can treat, you know, minor forms of diabetes and stuff and yet instead they want us all on pills and yep. you know beholden to this system which is just totally bogus man them demonizing anything you know holistic or natural or being a nutritionist or or you know any kind of alternative treatments the doctors don't like because they're not making the money so it's all yep. about money i mean you said that a second ago it's all about the money and so what they would do was, and this is what the next video is about, is about they would call these people quack doctors. They would say they're practicing quack medicine. They would just demonize these people that were actually trying to help, actually trying to make people live. And, you know, the doctor said no. So check out this clip. First on your list to destroy were the midwives, the promoters of alternative medicine. Typically, they would offer treatments at way lower prices compared to you and your other doctors. So to get rid of them, you reverted back to one of your oldest strategies, calling their treatments quackery. You told the world that these quack doctors were no better than the snake oil sellers of the 1800s. Every chance you got, you told the public and the government that trusting these less qualified medical workers was as good as signing their own death sentence. They didn't have the licenses or the proper training to help. Going to them was completely pointless and even dangerous. Only a licensed doctor is able to give real medical advice. And it worked. The American public became completely convinced that licensed doctors were the only option. Your decades of medical propaganda have worked, but you weren't done yet because next on your list were foreign doctors. Think about it, if foreigners with unapproved medical degrees could just move to America and work, they would heavily undercut your cartel. But luckily, getting rid of them was just as easy. All you had to do was go back to the government once more and convince them that foreign doctors couldn't be trusted. Who knew what they taught med students in strange foreign countries like England, Germany, and France? 
these third world doctors weren't anywhere close to America's high standards. So if foreign doctors want to practice in America, they would have to redo their residencies in American hospitals and pass American medical exams. It didn't matter if these doctors had decades of experience. They would have to start at the bottom like everyone else, fighting for a chance to get one of those medical residencies that you got Congress to limit. And the result? Instead of working as the qualified doctors they are, most skilled foreign doctors end up teaching or doing entry-level jobs in hospitals where they are experienced enough to run the hospital. It was brilliant. And with that, the AMA had complete control of America's supply of doctors, while at the same time, their cartel members became filthy rich. Money again. My family and so many other families have had to suffer the consequences of these dark demon doctors. And... You know, there are so many consequences that happen because of these greedy people, these greedy people that, that control everything. So this next clip is about the consequences of everything that I've showed up to this point. It's April 2016. Charles and Kira Johnson made their way to Cedars Sinai Hospital in Los Angeles. At the hospital, Kira gives birth to a baby boy. It's supposed to be one of the happiest days of the parents' lives, but instead, it turns into a nightmare. Less than half an hour after the birth, Kira experienced a serious complication as a result of the C-section. Panicked, Charles calls for help, but instead of running tests and getting her help right away, it took a doctor eight hours to finally get Kira back into surgery, but by then, it was too late. She died on the operating table with more than 3.5 liters of blood hemorrhaging into her abdomen. And Kira isn't the only victim. The number of deaths in childbirth in America is higher than in any other developed country. And one of the reasons for that is America's insane doctor shortage. Yes, thanks to the AMA, we now have a legitimate doctor shortage. But why should you care about that? Sure, some people may be dying because they can't get access to the right care, but at least today, doctors in America are paid double the amount compared to doctors in other just as wealthy countries. Today, almost every medical school graduate gets superstar treatment from the hospitals that need them for residencies. And it's estimated that 10 years from now, America will be short more than 120,000 doctors. And yet the AMA will keep spending more than $21 million a year lobbying the government to keep it this way. A cartel is defined as an association of individual market participants with the purpose of maintaining prices at a high level and restricting competition. So in that sense, I guess the American Medical Association achieved their goal. And that's just one of many examples of victims and consequences of this sick system. And it happens every day, every day. So what are your thoughts about this, Jake? Yeah, I just wanted to suggest for anybody who heard that story, uh, I highly uh, suggest that you watch the documentary entitled The Business of Being Born. Um, it was pretty instrumental for my wife and I to decide to not go the traditional uh, medical route when it comes to having children. You do not need a doctor uh, when it comes to giving birth. Uh, midwives are actually... Uh, very skilled we they've have been doing it forever that, what like oh I, absolutely it's crazy the, there's a complete business to giving birth and doctors will show up for 15 minutes just to charge you thirty thousand dollars to have your baby so that they can stick it on your insurance tab or whatever and and not only that but there's a whole s situation that we discovered in our research where you don't want to consume unclean animals and such um then it would concern you that the number one drug given to women to start and stop labor is derived from pig semen. And it's actually uh, it, like called 
animal hormone derived and they don't tell you outright but it's it's pitocin is derived from pig semen and when you understand that pig is an unclean animal scripturally and just the idea that they're using this hobgoblin witchcraft to you know uh start and start labor in unnatural ways because the doctor wants to hurry things up um it's just a horror story and not only that but like women aren't allowed to get into positions that they need to in order to give birth. Like there's a whole thing. So watch the documentary, the business of being born. And, uh, and man, I'm so glad you're doing a deep dive on this because there's so many people that are bought and sold about the modern state of medicine. And really a lot of it is just a, a guess game of numbers. It sounds Say, like oh, the spirit cooking that you were talking about earlier. That's really what it sounds like. They're just experimenting. Like you said, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's something nefarious. Now, that doesn't take away from the good doctors and, uh, and people that went into that business in order to help people. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're trying their best. They are naturopathic. They understand that diet and what we consume does contribute a lot to symptoms and you know, ailments. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you have the guys that are just having – dollar bills stuck in their pocket so that they push the next latest drug that causes all these symptoms that then are treated by other drugs that they're being given money to promote and and it just creates this domino effect where people treat symptoms they never cure they they don't cure disease they treat symptoms and that's the dangerous trap of the modern medical system and it's so uh twisted how it is and it, it's crazy that our science today is pushed as, oh, we're so smart, we figured it out. But in a lot of ways, we're ignorant of reality, uh, which reminds me of scientism in a lot of other areas, like uh, whether it be carbon dating, whether it be space scientism. Anybody in a white lab coat, <laughs> instantly I have a red flag. You know, I will say I'll go to a doctor if I chop my arm off, if I need a surgeon. Well, just there don't chop your arm off. Of, don't do it. Don't chop your yeah, arm off. <laughs> I know, right? I should not ever chop my arm off. But, you know, if I got bit by a zombie and I had to keep it from spreading and then I needed, you know, I don't know. That wouldn't make sense either. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm getting at here. You yeah. Know, it, there are areas that are valid. So we're not completely discrediting all medicine. But, man, what a conspiracy. Well, I mean, there are two different kinds of doctors. There are good doctors like Dr. Richard Bartlett, who was one of, he, he used to work for the governor, I think, of Texas. Like he was one of the higher ups. And then as soon as the pandemic happened, he spoke out against it and he was demonized. He was kicked out of the, you know, so many different positions. And, and he actually turned and started exposing the system and then there are doctors, like the doctors that killed my dad, evil people that only care about money. And it's, it's so confusing. And I feel like people, if you, if you go, if you go into a hospital blindly, it's very dangerous. If you don't know mm -hmm. what's really happening, it's dangerous. And that's all I got for history. Opa, do you have any thoughts? Nope. You guys covered it really well. All right. Well, as I said, that's all I got for history. But uh, before we move on to the memes, uh, I wanted to play this quick ad about our new Truth Seeker shirt. So check this out. 
Introducing the Truth Seeker t-shirt designed by Jeremiah Skiba. This is an amazing partnership collaboration with Skiba News Nation and Sanctified Supply Company. This exclusive design pays tribute to the renowned father of Jeremiah Skiba, Rob Skiba, making it a truly special piece. Not only will you support our channel and a fantastic small business with your purchase, but you will also proudly display your dedication to seeking the truth wherever you go. Don't wait. Be one step ahead. Pre-order your Truth Seeker t-shirt today. The pre-order link is in the description of this video. So I thought that would be a cool way to support our channel and... Um, you know, I, I made that in honor of my, my dad. So you guys check that out, pre-order if you want it, or if you can't, that's fine too. We still love you. <laughs> so uh, you got some memes for me, Jake? Yeah, I got some memes to share. Well, meme me up, man. All right. Meow, meow. Meow me up. He is so handsome. <laughs> His offended went up and went, meow. <laughs> he hasn't been in studio all day. Meet me up. Meet me up, meet me up, meet me up now. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's start off with a cat one, why don't oh, we? Oh, yeah. Charlie Cat. This cat becomes Polish City's top-rated tourist attraction. <laughs> so, apparently, people are rating this cat on Yelp. That's awesome. Uh, like, giving it five stars and stuff. Kot Gasek, I guess it's its name. <laughs> Very Over a thousand rating. <laughs> oh, 4.9, not five star. He must be grumpy sometimes. Yeah, he hates Monday. <laughs> he hates Mondays. <laughs> hates Mondays. Uh, on the medical, you know, thing, uh, I thought this one was relevant. Uh, I just had a physical. The doctor said, "Don't eat anything fatty." I said, "Like bacon and burgers." He said, "No, fatty. Don't eat anything." <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. man, I, you know, I, over the years, uh, coming to realize how foods like uh, pork and uh, shellfish and things that biblically have been defined as unclean animals, unfit for human consumption, things that the scripture calls abominable, right? Actually have scientifically provable negative effects on human health. And people are very apt to listen to a doctor's advice when it comes to, oh, you have heart issues, don't eat any more pork. But the moment you say, oh, do you know that the divine physician, you know, the one who created mankind, uh, who knows our bodies ins and out and tells us in his Torah not to eat these particular animals that have proteins that can't not be digested and have uh, parasites that eat our brains, you know, if you don't cook the meat right and, and cause all these different ailments, uh, you know, the creator of mankind commands and tells us not to eat these animals and people are like whatever that sounds like bondage or that sounds like you're too you're getting all religious on me or whatever but then the moment a doctor in a white lab coat goes uh you should really not eat any more pork uh somebody you know they're like okay doctor i will do anything it takes to stay alive you know yes doctor thank you doctor oh, man. thank you doctor kissing his feet bowing to him you know 
doctors do have a, a type of god complex a lot oh, of people yeah. uh can recognize that um and perhaps that's why because people listen to a doctor over the very words of god himself right <laughs> right okay uh car for sale 2500 bc roadster rust free air blows cold foot brakes well under 10 million miles woody body pa- wood body panels original seats this is a solid car. Now, uh, I thought there was a funny uh, little thing there because it was uh, Flintstone's car, but I had to share this. Uh, I disagree with the 2500 BC time frame. Uh, however, there is a conspiracy I wanted to bring up with you. Perhaps you or Opa have heard of it. Have you guys heard the perspective that the Flintstones are the future? Is actually set in the future you already beat me to it have you guys yeah. heard that conspiracy yeah i think opa talked about it once yep yeah the uh and the jetsons were like in the past or something is that what it was something or, where, or yeah they're uh same time frame like the jetsons and the flintstones they're are in the same universe the same universe yeah how interesting and, and i mean it makes sense because they have like fake TVs and they have cars that they're trying to do, you know, like recreate a lost past because we've been knocked back to the Stone Age. But Hanna Barbara's uh, cartoons were coming out right around the Cold Eight, Cold War era of uh, the world, and so of course there was that, you know, mad destruction fear, mutually assured destruction from nuclear war with Russia and whatnot, and I think that lends credence to this theory that the Flintstones was set, uh, is set in a future time zone where uh, the world has been set back to the Stone Ages. Now, now I'm being real with you. If I saw that come up for sale, I, I, I would probably buy it just to put it in the front yard because that's cool. You got to admit, that is yeah, cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> doo Okay. I still, wonder how when the, you were... I still wonder how the back wheel stays on. <laughs> yeah, just sits on the spokes. <laughs> Wait, let, let me look at it. Uh, oh, it's a yeah. Rock. It's just a rock. That's cool, though. All right. Uh, when you retire and trucking is life, you get a wheelchair that's a truck. <laughs> truck, yeah. Opa submitted uh, quite a few this week I wanted to go through. Um, here's a good reminder. Uh, in training up the next generation, keep in mind, at, for men, your son will follow your example and your daughter will marry it. So uh, be a good, you know, be a good father uh, is a good reminder for me. Um, redneck mini blinds, no need to clean or dust them, just tear off and toss away. <laughs> mini yep. blinds made of toilet paper. That's hilarious. Yep. All right. Who needs a spare tire? You have duct tape. Absolutely. Duct tape is life, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I got another duct tape one in here you're going to like. But uh, White man's been here. How can you tell? We're speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like uh, tracking. <laughs> they're like, huh, let, let's, how, how can you tell? Um, what a brilliant idea using a dome to hold back water. Hmm. I wonder where we got that idea from. Huh? I wonder. 
Scientists should wear sponsor jackets like NASCAR drivers so we know who owns them. Goes right along with your topic today, Jeremiah. Yep. I got a darker uh, here's one. Here's a, a darker ahead. history topic about those companies. I don't want to say it because I don't want to get in trouble with YouTube, but I might I might do that one soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, on the same medical topic uh, of the you know V stuff, here was a, a post uh, from Big Bear I wanted to share. I'm not anti-V. I think one or two Vs give you just enough autism to survive the internet. I obviously don't think they prevent disease, and sometimes they obviously kill you, but a little bit of autism goes a long way in helping you navigate the days of the internet we live in today. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the duct tape one. Uh, silence is golden, but duct tape is silver. <laughs> True. True that. Oh, man. It makes you think like somebody's duct taping somebody quiet. <laughs> well, my girlfriend calls me the duct tape man because I have so much duct tape. Like, I have a collection of tape for some reason. <laughs> and I fix everything with it. So, it's great. Sweet. Uh, here's a, a picture of an asteroid crater in Arizona. Look how close it came to hitting the visitor center. <laughs> All right, and uh, this is a crazy picture. Uh, to the person that did this paint job on the back of this truck, thanks for completely screwing my mind up. <laughs> Man, that's that kind of freak cool. me out uh, for sure. Oh yeah. I would, I, if I had a passenger that had fallen asleep, I'd pull up behind it and be driving down the road and then go like, ah, you know, and they like wake up looking at like a truck that looks like it's coming towards us. Those are the best videos oh, on man. YouTube. Uh, that's so funny. All right. That's all the memes this week. Thank you, Opa, for your submissions. And, uh, also wanted to give a shout out to felix uh felix uh who's on virtual house church sometimes uh i shared some of his videos he's, and he's a patreon past few months with me thank you felix. very much felix for some of your research yeah thank you felix and uh if you guys want this hat that i'm retiring it says uh make speech free again we'll do a drawing next week and just send us an email with your name and we'll put it in this hat i guess and we'll draw your name so there's that so, Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opa's Corner. I hope you guys enjoyed today's history segment, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. So never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. Thank you for coming alongside us as we fight for justice and continue our quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, Click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. 
Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform.